0: Hello, this is Eden on 88.9 The Bridge, back with a new episode of Divided. Today, I sit down with MIHS senior Emily Yang, who is officer of Gender Equality Club, involved in Planned Parenthood, super educated on politics and activism around the school. Uh, Yeah, and I hope you enjoy. It was super insightful, and Emily is a wonderful conversationalist. So, here it is. I am joined here with Emily Yang. Emily, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think it would be best to kick this off with a little bit of like your background, um, what your interests are, what you do around Mercer Island High School, or
1: how old you are and where you go to school, even though I just kind of spoiled it. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm 17. Believe it or not, I do go to Mercer Island High School. (gasps) I know. And I guess some of my interests maybe just that aren't political. Um, I play a lot of soccer. I spend a lot of time with my dogs. Um, I guess moving more into politics. Um, I love reading, mostly political books and <laughs> blogs. Um, I do a lot for Gender Equality Club and Planned Parenthood. And yeah, I guess more recently yeah. the City and School District, but that's another story.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to ask a little bit more about your Planned
1: Parenthood work. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Could you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So There's internships available for high school students, which basically, now that it's online, honestly, it's a little bit better than it would have been because we don't have to go to a field office and we could do stuff for all of Washington. So especially during the voting season when we were trying to get um, referendum 90 passed, which does a lot better in liberal cities because it's for um, comprehensive sex ed um, versus in more conservative ones. um, It meant that we could actually meet with like voters from more conservative areas and try to flip them. Um, as well as meet different organizers across the state but mostly we do a ton of phone banking yeah
0: okay and i i kind of want to talk a little bit more about that later because that sounds really interesting okay. but for now we're supposed to be talking about your interests not related to politics even though <laughs> i don't know i want i want to get into it okay. but i want to do some rapid fire favorites to get to know you and if we think of any other ones that i missed we can do those too okay. but
1: first is movie ladybird or dunkirk
0: Oh, Lady Bird was so good.
1: No, I haven't seen Dunkirk, though. I just, like, well, okay, I first watched it not knowing Harry Styles was in it, and I loved it, and oh. then I realized <laughs> Harry Styles was in it, and now I watch it so much more because I love him.
0: I I just love Saoirse Ronan, which is why
1: I love oh, Lady Bird. My God, her accent's beautiful. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, and now a TV show. Right now I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but otherwise I would say Criminal Minds or New Girl, very different shows. Oh,
0: those are good picks. I've yeah. seen... I, criminal minds is is one of those shows that I always go back to when I don't have anything else to watch because I've seen like all the episodes yeah so yeah, Good. same with new girl actually feel good mm-hmm. um now I, I I put book but I want plural because I know that you're a reader so what are your favorite books anything you're reading at the moment or like all-time favorites
1: okay all-time favorite is a tree grows in Brooklyn I read that every year um, I just finished one called The Forgotten Daughter, which is about, like, Quebec independence, which I had no idea about until I read that. Um, over the summer, I read Homegoing, which is super good. Have you ever read Homegoing? I haven't. What's it about? Oh, my gosh. So it starts in Ghana at the beginning of the slave trade. And then each chapter alternates between a new generation, one in Ghana, and then one in the U.S. So, like, it goes all the way from, like, the beginning of the slave trade to, like, the mid-20th century and, like, past Whoa. the heart of the Renaissance. It's so good. It's so good.
0: That- it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I'm gonna have to look more into your book. Yeah, I, I feel like it. I trust <laughs> I trust your book recommendations. No, that um, one's so Any
1: any other things that you're reading or that you've read recently? <laughs> I mean, right now I'm reading one called with a book called Without Conscience, which is just about psychopaths, which was very ironic Ooh. to read um, during the presidential election. But that's again <laughs> <not in the laughs> politics. But I was like, oh, there's some connections here.
0: <laughs> um, are you taking psychology?
1: I took it last year.
0: Oh, because we're doing the book assignment right now where everybody picks a psychology-related book and they're reading it. And I thought yeah, maybe. So I,
1: I think I read, actually, you might like this too. Uh, the Lucifer Effect by Philip Zimbardo. I'm reading that right now. <laughs> oh, so good. I love that. Okay,
0: good. I'm not that far into it, but I also didn't know when I chose it that it was like 530 pages. That's It's a little bit of a mistake, but it's okay <laughs> because it's interesting. Um,
1: Favorite songs, getting into music um I really like Formation by Beyonce um Don't Stop Me Now by Queen that's a good (laughs) one Africa by Toto also a good good one um recently definitely Cherry by Harry Styles um Superposition by Daniel Caesar those are that
0: those are good picks
1: thanks and and
0: then I wrote down artists but for a sec when I looked at my little favorites list I was like artists like visual artists or artists like music so I I guess it would be good to do both (laughs)
1: okay um well i don't have that much experience with visual artists but i really like french impressionism so i guess monet
0: Um, i also really
1: like picasso i just because that's how i can paint because i'm not good at painting um and then like audio artists i like harry styles (laughs) um basically like all the ones i just listed like harry styles Frank and beyonce daniel caesar okay and
0: and now favorite font or fonts <laughs> depends on I um, guess it depends on when you're using it you know
1: well I love Adobe Garamond Pro I have an illegal copy downloaded to my computer because you usually have to pay <laughs> 70 bucks for that I you have to pay for fonts which I didn't know. I did yeah I didn't know that either oh my god but that one's so good and like every good book is written in Adobe Garamond Pro like Harry Potter for example <laughs> um yeah that one's kind of supreme I don't really want to add anything up with that okay okay and then I'm
0: trying to think, do we forget any favorites? Oh, I remember something I wanted to ask. That's a little bit random.
1: But did you end up writing your college essay about fonts? No. Okay, wait. Actually, I wrote one for UCs about fonts. But I felt that it'd be weird to, like, leave something at fonts. So I wrote one about how, like, I loved fonts in elementary school and was, like, really good at analyzing yeah. them. And then how, like, loving ambiguity and, like, finding really small details is super helpful for, um, political activism so I just I remember you telling me about that idea and being like that is that is I don't genius. know because I wanted to write it like that like plus being mixed race but then I was like whenever I read books about people's races I'm like or not books essays about them it's just kind of like it's there and then like what are you supposed to do with it
0: yeah <laughs> yeah but
1: I I'm glad you used it
0: because I, I don't so creative like who would I don't know who would think of that so now I guess we can transition into talking about your political beliefs, politics Yay. in general. Yay. So I kind of want to start with background information. I don't know what you think would be good to include, uh, like basics like political party candidate you supported in the past election and why. Um, maybe other stuff that you think would be relevant or influential to your political beliefs. I'm not sure.
1: OK, you can start with that.
0: Those, those, that's a
1: lot. I just threw a lot, a lot at you. but That's OK. Okay. Well, I definitely align most with the Democratic Party. I mean, it's all a spectrum. So I guess if I did my political compass correctly, it's like pretty far left and pretty far down. So there you go. In terms of the past presidential election, are you talking about the primaries or the actual election?
0: I'll say the actual election.
1: Okay. Well, I definitely supported Biden over Trump because I just think that he definitely has a more unifying rhetoric for the nation and he has much more concrete plans on COVID-19. And all of his plans for economic growth in the future tend to circulate around uplifting the working class or the people that were hit the hardest by the pandemic and mm-hmm. not just giving tax breaks to the really wealthy corporations. Um, I actually had, my sister goes on a Magal and goes under like <laughs> a Trump category. So we went under that and I met a little boy who was wearing a MAGA hat and he asked me why I liked Biden, and I was, like, starting to talk about economic progress, and he was, like, you know, like, Obama caused the 2008 economic recession, and then I said, you know, Obama was inaugurated in 2009, correct, and then he called me, like, a slur for Asians and hung up, so that was wonderful. I love the youth of America. God, uh, that's the worst. It was kind of funny, but yeah.
0: I I feel like that's a good segue into kind of talking about the differences between parties. Because I also, I remember you had a blog post about wearing an AOC sweatshirt
1: in a Black Lives Matter strip in Idaho, was it? Will you tell the the story? Yeah, well, so I went to Montana to take my SAT. Crazy. It was before things got really bad in Montana. And where we were was super close to Wyoming, so we went to Yellowstone. I was wearing my AOC sweatshirt because I wanted to wear that to take the SAT and I was also wearing a jacket because it was cold and I'd had like Black Lives Matter tape on the back from protests in Seattle earlier that year and I didn't know I was still there. And there's like those little like geysers and stuff that like blow up your head and people were looking at me so strangely. And before I went there, I'd researched. So I knew that like Wyoming's one of the whitest states in America and it's also one of the most Republican ones. So I got a lot of weird looks there and that was basically the premise of my story. Do you think you learned anything else from going
0: there other than just getting
1: funny looks and noticing the cultural difference? Yeah, well, I would say the most influential thing was talking to a kid at the SAT Center because he was literally like a rancher in Montana, which is very different from my life. And we were talking and honestly having a great conversation about like postgraduate plans, um, what our lives were like, because he also plays like soccer and basketball. But then after he got in his car and was like wearing a MAGA hat and I was like, oh, well, I guess he's a Trump supporter after that wonderful conversation we just had. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I realized that Montana and Wyoming are super different, not only demographically, but also, I guess, economically, like they all live on, well, not all, but a lot of people like live on ranches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And think that's where they get all their money. So I think that Trump probably appeals to those kinds of people more. So I was like, "Okay, I can't really blame him. But just it is how it is. Yeah, I'm. I think that that experience that you had with that boy kind of reflects a lot
0: of what we're trying to do with the divided and in that you had a regular conversation with him where you guys were talking about life and you happen to have probably dramatically different political beliefs but it didn't really it didn't matter in one context I think that's important to point out. On the topic of your blog and blog posts will you talk more about starting your blog what
1: it's called and like why you decided to do it? It's called Yang and Yen because it's opposite of yin and yang and my last name's yang um i think i started it back in june during a lot of the protests just because i felt especially on mercer island there was a lot of ignorance surrounding them and also even though i think we do pride ourselves on being a pretty progressive school and city um there's still ways to go in terms of what we're learning and how we're talking about it so it started with that talking about like the history of protests and i think there's always i mean there still are a lot of talks about like oh we shouldn't protest it's like Route, um, riders and looters and that that was kind of upsetting to me um yeah so I think it did give me a chance to like talk to um like one of my soccer teammates which is sad but like she's one of the few black friends I have just because there's like not that many in Seattle or Mercer Island so she mm-hmm. she lives in Burien but talking to her about um, like her and her family's opinions on that and not just like forming my own opinion immediately or like looking at my friends' imme- um, opinions immediately um, was super helpful and I kind of wanted to share that because I think it's not something that's immediately accessible to everyone.
0: Um, I think that's great. I I think it seems like a fun thing to have a place to voice your opinions like a blog. It's kind yeah. of what radio is, a place to
1: I know, I was like, I don't like talking that much. So like, I think we just kind of do what we do, but with different forms of media.
0: Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, So for the blog posts you've written themselves, what are some examples of things you've written about?
1: Well, one of my favorites is one on the gender pay gap and all of the different factors that go into it. Because like, I don't know, if you think about it, there's so many like Mm -hmm. socioeconomic status, obviously, um, immigration status, race, disabilities, et cetera um I also wrote one about SCOTUS's ruling on birth control um and I guess one of the more recent ones was about like the psychological underpinnings of um politi- like I don't know politics of people because I think that's super mm-hmm. interesting to look at it was really hard to write that one unbiased because I think a lot of people in the psychology field tend to be pretty liberal so I kind of had to take that with a grain of salt but yeah
0: you mentioning psychology
1: makes me want to
0: ask this question about a bias I learned about this year, which you learned about probably last year because you are in psychology last year, the false consensus effect, um, which I can do a little reminder on what that is. Um, so the false consensus effect is a cognitive bias that causes people to see their own behavioral choices and judgments as relatively common and appropriate to existing circumstances. So basically you, you think that your opinions are the opinions of everybody because of where, who you're around. Um, and I wanted to talk about this bias because we live in Seattle. <laughs> and I, I don't know if this is thought provoking at all, but how do you think
1: false consensus effect influences your life and your political beliefs? Oh my, so much. I mean, I think that up until maybe like last year or just a few years ago to be generous, I really just thought everyone was super happy, loved minorities, like was just fine with like my concept of America obviously the 2016 election disrupted that. And I think that's kind of an example they gave a false consensus effect where like a lot of people were shocked to see how many people supported mm-hmm. Trump. Um, but I would say with phone banking, like people in Eastern and Southern Washington, and then also my soccer team, which literally has people from like all over this general Western Washington, um, I do see a lot of different opinions. So I think I'm starting to try to stray away from like everyone agrees with me and everyone thinks this. So I don't know, I'm working on it, but it's hard.
0: Yeah, I, it's so hard to find other opinions and I also found myself accidentally falling into the pattern of seeing these opinions around me that are so widely accepted that it, that align with my own and then
1: thinking that it's the correct option I know. Yeah, I the think correct also like TikTok is a very politically divisive place I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you want to do it on your show but are you on TikTok no not really but I want to hear all about this I mean it's just that like I'll see like I don't know, you have, first of all, an algorithm for your feed where like, basically I only see very like liberal people on my feed but they will like duet people who are super Republican who are just like, abortion is murder and here's why like, here's why women should be paid less. Here's why Democrats suck. And then like the other one is like just people and they're, like, they're not even arguing with like good debate. They're just like mm-hmm. laughing at each other or doing something that's like funny at first. And that kind of leads into my other thing that I've been bothered with recently which is like when people steal signs. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I think I was talking to someone about it, and they're like, "Oh, it's just funny." But like at the end of the day, stealing a sign is not going to change anyone's opinion, and it's going to make them buy another sign and support that candidate more. So the sign stealing thing. My opinion is I don't
0: support taking of any sign. If it's a Trump sign, I don't think you should take it. If it's a Biden sign, I don't think you should yeah. take it. I think the sign war during the election was, oh my gosh! Like, did you see downtown Roswell? There was the Insley is non-essential sign, and then someone put oh up a gosh, sign I, next to it that said this sign is non-essential. And that I was, was like kind of funny though. I kind it of was like that. it that was, was funny. It was funny.
1: Good, <laughs> but it was just it was like I was like people are really have nothing to do in quarantine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on from that. Uh, earlier you spoke about your experience at Planned Parenthood. You spoke about how your favorite blog post has to do with gender, pay gap, and other gender-related things. And you also mentioned Comprehensive Sex Ed and fighting for that and also Gender Equality Club. And I want, so you you seem to have this passion for gender equality and I was wondering if you want to speak a little bit more on that and more specifically what you're interested in within that.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of people grow up with some sort of, I guess, social issue that they're concerned with. I would imagine if I were not white and Asian in a community that's predominantly white and Asian, I'd probably have some sort of passion for racial equality from a younger age but I think first of all my mom's a pediatrician so I've always had it instilled in me like comprehensive sex ed is such a good idea and it prevents teen pregnancies um and it prevents abortions obviously if you're pro-life or pro-choice whatever um I don't think anyone wants a lot of women to have abortions anyway Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think Planned Parenthood has come under fire a lot since Trump's presidency despite its being um, the biggest distributor of abortions and also a distributor of a ton of other things like information and lessons um, and contraceptives so thinking for them has honestly been kind of fun because I get to talk to people and my first line is always hi I'm Emily from Planned Parenthood and I get a lot of great responses <laughs> to that like one man oh my god we you're not supposed to talk to people who don't agree with you firstly which is kind of interesting oh whoa I didn't know that yeah well I was also listening to a podcast for like political things too you start with like do you support like Biden, for example, if you're phone banking for them. And if they're on the fence or they support him, then you'll be like, okay, go vote. And if not, you're like, thank you for your time. Good night. Oh. So it's more for Planned Parenthood. Sometimes I'll actually stay on the line just to see what they have to say. Um, mm-hmm. and Um, Sometimes it works. But once this one guy just started talking about how, like, if his wife went outside wearing a short skirt, he would, like, be disappointed in her, how Black people should advocate for themselves differently. And I was like, wow, <laughs> very different Washington but yeah
0: and are you phone banking only in Washington state or is it other states
1: um for Planned Parenthood it's just Washington state but I have been I phone banked for AOC after or like during the census count just to get people in her borough to sign up for the census and then also I phone banked for John Ossoff this past Saturday so that was Georgia
0: so you've been very busy doing phone banking it's kind of funny though so uh, if, talking about Planned Parenthood, I think what you mentioned about it being a huge provider of abortions, but also offering a lot of other services, is something that people forget in wanting to cancel Planned Parenthood, get rid of Planned Parenthood. Um, what are some of the other services that Planned Parenthood offers?
1: Well, I mean, the part that I'm most associated with is political movements. So they have a ton of people who volunteer for them because I think anything that's like super attacked, other like people will be like, okay, I'm going to back it which is kind of why I'm in it. Um, But they have been um, helping a lot of candidates in the elections recently. That's kind of the first thing on my mind because that's what I've been doing. So they'll sponsor different candidates who maybe are more like grassroots and are going against people who are like funded by corporations and helping them win. So that's the big thing that I was doing. Okay, this is kind of a big
0: question. And if you don't have an answer to it, in the United States, what are the biggest concerns regarding gender equality and what do you think are our biggest setbacks to having more equality between men and women?
1: Well I think toxic masculinity is one and that's one that I kind of talk about a lot and it usually re- like elicits a visceral reaction but I think Which- it's just like Will you define toxic masculinity for anybody who doesn't know? Yeah. So toxic masculinity is just the idea that there's different norms within a society that we expect of like men and young boys. So like, I mean, we all hear like boys don't cry, like boys don't wear makeup, like they don't do any feminine things or like traditionally feminine things, um, and like those kind of ideas that you see like on TV and in books and then maybe from your parents or relatives can kind of result in a lot of disparities that we see like boys um maybe have more confidence because their parents like uplift them they're like you're strong you can do sports whatever but it also makes it maybe so that they feel that an appropriate way to show their angers through violence so that's why more men tend to be perpetrators of domestic abuse and rape yeah so i think that that's kind of what starts putting maybe more boys into positions of power i mean that's obviously what we have from like past generations like that was just the norm but now as more women are entering the workforce we still kind of have like those cultural barriers to get past that's why there's not as many women as CEOs, not as many women, or not as many men as stay-at-home dads. Um, Yeah, all of those things. And also, there's, like, way more men in politics, which is why they're making so many choices on abortion without, like, maybe understanding how periods work, for example, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, any other things that you think the United States really needs to work on regarding gender equality. I know that there are lots.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the next thing I think of is intersectionality, which we talk about a lot in Gender Equality Club. Um, I can define it super quickly too for people who may not know, but it's basically the idea that like different parts of your identity can intersect to make it so you might face different barriers. So like, for example, maybe like a white man gets paid a dollar an hour. And then a white woman might get paid a little bit less just because of the job fields that she goes into or expectations for her to stay home and be a mom. But then being a black woman or even a black disabled or um, lesbian woman would be probably a lot more difficult. So I think that a lot of calls for gender equality, especially historically, haven't really encompassed like that broad spectrum mm-hmm. of people who do need gender equality maybe more than the people who are advocating for it. Yeah. It's,
0: it's kind of fun because I learned about all these things in gender equality club. I know.
1: I think I learned about them to like teach them. So there you go.
0: I think unless there's anything else on gender equality, That's I think. Oh, I got. Okay. I, I don't know how easy this will be to answer because I've never tried to answer it. But okay. um, <laughs> sorry. I don't We're um gonna find out. What is something you see in the other political party that you admire? And what do you dislike? And then on the other end, what do you see in your political party that you admire and what do you dislike?
1: Okay, I actually I feel like I've seen videos of this where people have to like do it for opposite parties. So I guess for the Republican Party, I do admire how they can all get behind their party and their presidential candidate. I think within the Democratic Party, there's huge issues where, like, for example, it was like AOC versus Barack Obama on Twitter the other day because he was saying that like New radical politicians aren't gonna get the same votes as more centrist ones. Um, what I don't necessarily like about the Republican party, cause I know most people in it are like very smart people who have very good reasons to be in it, but just not fully condemning like white supremacy or racism mm-hmm. or sexism that is kind of innate on like the outer end of their spectrum. Um, and then also maybe not like conceding when like, yeah, like maybe more universal health care is a good idea because I think some things are like basic human rights that maybe are a little bit more advocated by Democrats but then they don't want to talk about that because it's more democratic mm-hmm. um, so I have to talk about a good thing about the democratic party now <laughs> the bad thing was the division I kind of mentioned that yeah um, and then the good thing well I do like how it is more inclusive and is a bit more focused on our future I think a lot of what the Republican party does is like, well, make America great again, for example, like trying to go back to like traditions and what was maybe even in a time when a lot of people couldn't vote or didn't have rights. So I like how we're like looking at climate change and all of these things that are going to affect us soon. So that's important.
0: Okay, um, I like those answers. And you could call this a concluding question regarding political division, especially like living in Seattle there are these things like accepting the spectrum of genders, people being gender non-binary, they, then pronouns, and then um, gender equality and, and Black Lives Matter being these things that seem like they are becoming a part of society. But then if you go to a place like you were in Wyoming or a really, really conservative city in the Midwest or South, it's completely different. It seems like it's just a different world. yeah. And especially right now, everything is just so tense, especially because of the election, post-election. Do you see this division getting better anytime soon? Do you think that when when Biden is president that this will get
1: better or worse, or where do you see division going? Honestly, I don't see it getting better in the next few years, especially since, no. I know that's not the answer you wanna hear. No, I know. But <laughs> not, not the end all answer. So I'm sure someone would say something very different. Um, I don't know it's just like seeing how trump is reacting to the election i don't have high hopes for how like his most devoted followers are going to react um and i also think biden might not be able to get much done because he is facing a pandemic and economic recession but i do think that for our generation once we become like the working class and like maybe as we become middle aged Mm -hmm. um, we will be more inclusive and i hope that even people who are more conservative and maybe don't believe in people being transgender using different pronouns than what they were assigned at birth, Um, maybe learn to practice a little bit of empathy. I mean, that's kind of what I tell my parents, like you might not understand it, but just respect it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my glimmer of hope.
0: Okay, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanna talk about or elaborate on or concluding thoughts that you have?
1: I was gonna say that I do think that on Mercer Island, especially the minority tends to be Republicans. So Mm -hmm. I do advocate for students in the classroom and online and with each other to be a little bit respectful towards each other's opinions. I know we're very like all or nothing, but there are often like pretty legit reasons to be Republican. And maybe you can just engage in civil conversation and figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Well, Emily, thank you so much for talking to me today. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. And
0: that is all for this episode of Divided. A huge shout out to Emily Yang for joining me today. Wow, she is such a cool person, so educated and eloquent. And what an awesome guest. Again, her blog is yangandyin.com. It'll also be linked in the show notes. So definitely go check that out. That's all for this episode. Stay tuned for more episodes just like this one on Divided. This has been Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge interviewing Emily Yang.